What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the show, we have an agent who, in just uh, four years, has built up a business that did uh, 50 deals, I believe, maybe a little bit more, in 2021. I mean, that's huge numbers. Welcome to the show, Gene Scott. show today Jean how are you doing good thanks yeah thanks for coming on I know uh, you know we were talking before the show you were in sales before you got into real estate and, correct and, but now just in four years you're up to 50 uh, deals I believe is what you did in 2021 yes what uh, what's your goal for this year for 2022 um, my goal is to get a partner agent and try to get to close to a hundred trying to double so double up, hit a hundred. Uh, another another successful, hopefully transition to this mini team concept that we've built out the Carrie team now for, I think about a dozen people have kind of gone through the program. Where if, if you're, you know, listening and or, or never never listened before, or you missed the episode we did recently with Rachel or with Rob, where we kind of went into the, how this team mini team model works. You know, an agent like. Like Gene, who focuses mostly on listing, uh, you know, once they get up to like 40, 50 deals on the list side, uh, can get a partner agent. On the, on the buy side, it's less. You know, you, you, I think we, we incorporate the partner agents around 30 deals because, um, you know, there's in, in any transaction, I think, uh, average buyer transaction is probably like 40 hours of work um, from some of the studies I've seen. The listing side's less than that. So you, your capacity is more, which is why you're able to do 50, but certainly getting to 100 would be amazing. How would the partner agent help you get from 50 to 100? I think it's just really um, nurturing the relationships, the meetings that we've had in the past, making sure there's a lot more follow-up. Obviously, with um, with the amount of business I do, I think things fall through the cracks in terms of getting back in touch with uh, previous clients and, and asking for extra business. So um, this partner agent would obviously have some real estate experience or at least be trained to be able to handle a lot of the relationship building and the follow-up and um, long-term nurture. And the structure, just so everyone knows, like, like you doing 50, you have a listing coordinator Correct. That Correct. Yeah. So they. What's what's the listing coordinator role? How do they help you do fifty deals in a year? So the listing coordinator really is um, is more of an administrative side of things. Um, she will sometimes go to meetings with me to help take notes. Just uh, again, be a second point of contact for my clients. Um, she is uh, a late liaison between the marketing team and myself so that if you know we need to schedule photos or we need um, some additional geofencing in our marketing campaign then I would go to her and she would serve as a liaison and someone that is uh, is communicating um, with the marketing team or with clients in that sense so they're they're taking care of the blocking and tackling, if you will, sure. all the behind-the-scenes stuff, showings, contracts, marketing. But this this new person in the 
um, partner agent role is going to help you build those relationships post close, get more referral business, and and that's the path you think to, to double up. Absolutely, I think it's. Uh, I see it as an extension of myself, um, more so uh, a client facing, um, really being able to, um, you know, kind of maybe take on the buyer side because I am doing a lot more buyer deals. And so I just, you know, obviously my focus is on the listing side, but I do, I do like to go see homes and show properties. So um, it would just allow me to kind of uh, work both sides of the table, but also not neglect my clients. Yeah, this this mini team concept. If you're listening, it's it's really a cool idea that we've rolled out with Amy, uh, who's now built up six uh, team members, which you heard on the, a previous episode with Rachel, and now we've got twelve people. I think that that have many teams on our team, and I'm. I'm I'm guessing it'll be 15 to 20 by the end of 2022. It's also one thing that we'll be teaching at the Hyperfast Summit on February 1st and 2nd in Boca Raton, Florida. And really, if you're a team leader or someone that wants to be a team leader and learn how to grow and scale a business, this is the real estate event that you need to get to. We're going to show you how to go from 50 to 100 or from 100 to over 1,000 deals, which is about how many our team did in 2021. If you want more information on tickets for that, which they are selling out, go to hfasummit.com. Again, that's hfasummit.com for the Hyperfast Summit in Boca Raton, Florida on February 1st and 2nd. Again, hfasummit.com. Uh, yeah, so more on the on the team, the mini team concept. Have you, have you started to look for the person yet? So <coughs> I've, um, at first I was considering working with someone in-house, someone that's already part of the team. And, you know, I've uh, considered a couple candidates. Um, I've interviewed a couple people over the last year. Um, but, you know, no one's really, I guess, was quite the match. Um, I have an interview tomorrow with someone, and uh, and I have someone that I'm considering that might be a buyer's agent. That so what, what are you looking for in this person? Just put it out there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you'll listen to the call <laughs> in. And <laughs> um, someone that obviously has the same drive I do. Someone that's, a, uh, you know, a go-getter. Someone that's proactive, takes a proactive approach. I go above and beyond for my clients. I do things that maybe not all agents want to do. Um, so I try to set myself apart by providing exceptional service and communication is huge for me. I think responsiveness, I mean, I probably sometimes might be over responsive because it kind of sets the stage for myself to have to be there constantly, which is why I want someone to be able to take over that if, if I can't, if I'm with my kids, if I'm with my family, if I'm on vacation, um, I always feel the need to still respond. So I'm on the phone still, even during those times. So this person would be literally an extension of myself um, that would be able to go to listing appointments and nail it um, and also be able to, you know, negotiate a, a multiple offer situation and use me as a, uh, as a, as a resource, but obviously be able to take on a lot of those. Yeah, so it's, it's going to help you do more, serve more clients mm -hmm. while protecting your family time. And then the person who takes this job, you know, what you're going to get is, you know, more leads, more opportunities, right? A direct mentor that's 
got experience selling hundreds of homes already. I mean, that's 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 vital when you're starting out. Absolutely. And I think also just <clears throat> learning to communicate with different types of buyers and sellers, um, learning to deal with vendors, um, design, you know, my background uh, was 20 years in uh, design and space and, and being inside people's homes and being able to put furniture in different places or understand how layouts of properties work. And so that would be something that I can bring to the table. And, you know, obviously working with contractors and, you know, you have to wear multiple hats in a list. How did, how did the design business that you did before, you said 20 years, how did that prepare you or, or, or how does it help you for real estate right um, now? It was almost like a seamless transition because my position before, uh, I had to go into people's homes. I had to obviously build rapport with clients. Um, they had to hire me. Um, so it was very much the sim very similar in the sense that they're showing me parts of their homes that might need help and might need a little bit of um, design or expertise. So it allowed me to already bring to the table that client-facing interaction as well as an eye for space and design. And, and so for real estate, what it does is it lets me do those brings those resources to the table but in another sense of like okay this is what you should do to sell this house because um i know that when people are looking for homes they're looking for this this and this and so it just gives me a little bit more to bring to the table versus someone that doesn't have that did it, did it give you direct sales experience that has also uh, absolutely. translated? Absolutely. I, I came from a um, marketing background with Ernst & Young Technologies early on. Um, right out of college, I, I took a job with Ernst & Young. Um, I was also a recruit headhunter for about a year. And then I started with um, this design company and... Uh, I just really did really well and you know I doubled my income and I thought that this was it and I have the benefits and I have this but then that real estate side just took it to the next level what um, what specifically you know in in that design process when you're sitting out people design a home and, and like are, are there similarities between the objections they might have to you know your services there versus as a listing agent or, or not it's there is I mean there's obviously competition right. there's about a million other design designers out there they're probably reaching out to three or four other people as well so there is that I think for me it's bringing confidence to the table and like knowing what you're doing and really people just trusting you to, I mean, I, there was, I've had projects that were $400,000 projects and, you know, and it's no different from, you know, the amount of time that I'm putting into some of these listings that are, you know, either 300,000 or $1.5 million listings. So it's, it, it, it does definitely gives me an edge and allows me to, you know, um, kind of change gears as you would say. So. Yeah, I think it's interesting the different types of careers that can prepare people for real estate. You know, very few people, I think, kind of grow up thinking, I'm going to become a real estate agent, right? Like they, they you know, <coughs> I came from a Navy background in contracting uh, business. We had Rob on earlier who came from hospitality business, you know, <coughs> you know Gene on the, the design side. Like there's so many different 
types of businesses or experiences in life that can prepare you to be a real estate agent? Absolutely. And I think that it's, I've always, I've always thought I would, my father was a real estate agent. Um, So it seemed to be a natural path for me. It's just really more so diving into it full heartedly and, um, and, you know, and kind of just putting everything you have into it and, you know, and, and really struggling that first year to do as much volume and build as many relationships as possible. But after that first year, I think things really went in the direction that I wanted it to. Well, and it definitely helps starting out with an experienced team like the Carrie Scholl team. And, you know, you've seen Gene's example. If you listen to the episode, Rob, uh, or, or Rachel, right? So many different types of backgrounds that have successfully come onto the team and, and, you know, either as a solo agent, listing agent, partner agent, right? So no matter what your career you're in, if you're listening, if you think, hey, real estate might be something I'd be interested in, uh, you can go to kerryshollcareers.com. That's K-E-R-I-S-H-U-L-L careers.com and Uh, Go there and learn more about the openings that we have on our real estate team. Uh, Switching gears for a second, you know, you focus primarily on listings. Uh, Last year, year and a half, really, it's been super competitive, you know, when when homes are listed. And, you know, we've heard these stories of multiple offers, um, you know, aggressive bids, contingencies waived, all that kind of stuff. Uh, how has it been on, you know, dealing with clients that on, on the list side specifically, like the, the challenges? Is it competitive to get the listing? Do they perhaps diminish the value um, of the listing agent because they think, you know, any home will sell just like that? Like how, how has that landscape been for you? I, I definitely think um, it's, it's, it's always challenging. I don't think it's ever changed. I think definitely getting the listing um, obviously takes uh, a certain amount of confidence with and, and rapport that you build with clients. Um, yes, absolutely. They think that, you know, in this market, anyone can sell my home, but I think it really does depend on the resources you bring to the table. I think the great thing about working for the Carrie Scholl team is that it allows us to have a full, hand, full in-house marketing team um, it allows us to have a coordinator that's there as a backup and, a, and, and, and someone that is a point of contact for your clients. But it's also, you know, in a sense of, you know, having the vendors. Uh, we have so m- many resources there for, for our clients to use. And I think that that's invaluable. And you just don't get that with a solo agent that maybe does, I don't know, maybe 10 deals a year. Um, they don't have the resources to be able to provide the, the capacity of marketing that we have. And I think that that's huge. And I think that that's what we bring to the table that sets us apart. What, um, <clears throat> or, or, or how have you, I guess, navigated client expectations? Because I imagine, you know, homes sold like March through, let's say, June. A lot of them maybe you're getting multiple offers, right? Then you kind of have the normal into summer slowdown. So... Uh, does it make it difficult? Like maybe in August you put a listing on and they they didn't get 10 offers. Maybe they got one or maybe none. And they're like, well, what happened? My my friend listed their home, you know, in the spring and got 20 offers. What's does, Has that situation 
come up where you're dealing with managing expectations? I, I definitely think that that's a possibility. I, I, you know, with research and knowing your comps as a listing agent, that's one thing that we are trained to do is really understand the comps. And that gives us data that allows us to really navigate through the market and to set expectations for clients and really be able to let them know, hey, you know, based on this time last year, you know, mm. obviously things change. Interest rates, um, pandemic, um, different things happening in the country or the world that affect the market in its whole. And that's natural. That's a natural progression. But I think what I see is that, you know, as long as you're setting the expectations and you're showing the client that, hey, this is data. Statistics don't lie. Numbers don't lie. I'm showing stats of our team stats. I'm also showing statistics of that neighborhood and the likelihood of it selling with multiple offers versus just one or two and the time of year that that happens. So just na being able to navigate through the waters and to show them real life information, I think that that's huge. And if you can deliver that to clients and, and show them, you know, what kind of knowledge you bring to the table, then, you know, I, I just don't understand why they wouldn't hire you. Right. Yeah. More information, more expectation up front really goes a long way. Uh, looking into the crystal ball, where do you think the market's going in the next 12 months? I would say, you know, I think... Um, with inventory being low, I still think there's going, it's, it's definitely still a seller's market. I think it depends on the type of home and the neighborhoods that you're looking at. Obviously, Washington, D.C., where we are is, um, you know, there's always opportunities. There's always things going on. I think, I think values are still increasing. It might not increase as quickly as sometimes of the year, but I, I definitely see the market staying uh, staying strong. Um, there's definitely still competition for buyers for certain types of homes. I, I have friends that are looking for uh, very specific properties and it's, you know, it's a tough market out there for very specific neighborhoods. I mean, if they were willing to move to, uh, you know, just outside of where they were looking, they might have more opportunity. But, you know, I think also buyers are really focused in on, you know, what their needs are. And, um, you know, I, Obviously, the, the reason why, you know, we're so successful is because we're doing things outside the box in order to get them, you know, more properties, maybe off-market properties. Off-market is huge. We sell like 20% of our homes off-market right now. Um, that has changed from before the MLS, you know, gave us more restrictions on how we market off-markets. But um, I still think that that's a really strong option for a lot of sellers right now. I, I think the market could get really tight in the next 60 days or so. I, I think, you know, if I were on the fence about buying now, I would probably hurry up and try to get done before the spring because we're still in this condition of undersupply. I've, I've shown charts before that, like, homes built by, by decade, the last 10 years has been less than any decade prior to World War II, which is astonishing to think about the size of the U.S. then versus now. And the supply chain's really not showing any signs of getting better anytime soon. So I, I, I think the supply issues are going to persist, and ultimately the, the fundamentals are going to drive it up more. And I, I, I definitely, I think interest rates have a lot to do with it too. Um, you know, I, I definitely think they're going to start creeping up. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm, I definitely don't know enough to say that that's for sure, but I would assume that everything that goes down must come up. So I definitely think we'll that. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Fed keeps hinting that they're going to, like, raise them, but they've, they've said this in years before, and I think they're liars. So we'll see. <laughs> but, you know, if, 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 they, if they do go up and home prices go up, now you're really paying – a yeah. lot more and even if they stay the same or, or even if they go even if home prices go down a little if the rates go up a point um that's like equivalent to a 10 percent you know price increase absolutely so, i think there's a lot of buyers that are um if they don't buy sooner than later they may be outpriced in this market i mean it's, it's crazy you can buy a three percent under three percent in some cases 30-year fixed rate and you know, inflation is like double that rate now. So you're essentially, you're getting paid to borrow money. Some people don't realize that, but if, if you're borrowing $100 at, you know, 3%, that means next year you've got to pay back $103, right? Mm-hmm. But but now those 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 dollars are, are worth 6% less, right? So you're, you're essentially getting paid to, to borrow money when, when inflation is I think it's a much. great time to buy yeah. if you can find the right home. And that's what we're here for. <laughs> well, uh, I've really enjoyed our interview, your story, and, and, and how you've quickly made this transition into an agent doing 50, and then hopefully this year 100 homes. Before I we wrap up, I always like to do a hyper-fast round if you're ready for some rapid-fire questions oh and answers. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> a lot of people are surprised by this part. <laughs> uh, what's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? Learn as much as you can uh, and and uh, learn from others. What's a mistake that you see experienced agents make? Not being responsive enough. Mm. That's a really good one. Uh, what's the biggest challenge you've had in real estate and how did you overcome it? Um, going from... Going from a, a, a salary to a 1099 um, situation. And, you know, obviously knowing that you were transitioning into that and saving money or, or, or setting aside a, a, an account or funds that you know that you can rely on for rainy mm-hmm. days. I think, I think a lot of agents struggle with that. Uh, when you're not selling homes, what are you doing for fun? Uh, hanging out with the kids. Um, you know, doing, uh, we have a cabin in Deep Creek, so hopefully snowboarding this year, <laughs> if the weather is good. Awesome. Yeah, hopefully we get some good snow. Uh, last question, where do you see yourself five years from now? Uh, you know, I see myself um, being self-reliant, maybe like having a larger team, like um, that, you know, I can kind of uh, – be a, a coach for, um, you know, being able to not have to work as hard. I guess that's what everybody's dream is. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, look forward to watching you make that happen over the next few years. If, if people out there that are, are, you know, listening, want to connect with you about buying or selling a home or, or just questions about DC real estate, how should they do that? Uh, call me 202-330-3055. All right. Well, give Gene a call. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks. To all of our listeners and viewers out there, thanks for tuning in. Please leave us some feedback, comments, and share this with people that you think.
could benefit from listening or watching as well. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.